Hi, I'm Dan Wilton, the CEO of First Mining Gold. First Mining is advancing two uh, meaningful gold projects in Canada, our Springpole Gold Project in Ontario and our Duparquet Gold Project in Quebec. I'm really good to see you again, Dan. Um, we obviously caught up recently, Dan, in Denver. Um, but you've just announced you're going to be raising $5 million bucks. Why five million bucks? Why now? Uh, well, the five million was uh, sort of the amount as we're going through our budgeting in terms of that, plus some of the other opportunities we have to raise capital from the existing portfolio that we have. That was enough to get us to uh, what is a very important milestone for us at our Spring Pole project, which is submission of that final environmental assessment document uh, in uh, next summer. So we're very excited about that. Um, you know, part of it is, Matt, we're, we're acutely aware of the share price that we're raising this at. None of us are particularly happy about it. Um, so, you know, we have a conscious eye to the, to the dilution of the shareholders we'd have to take to get the program funded. But, you know, as my, uh, as my chair is fond of saying... Uh, not all equity raises are dilutive, right? Like the reality is if you are spending this money to surface major value by hitting significant milestones, which we will with this funding, uh, we think it's going to be something that's very positive for shareholders. And I've been just delighted by the response we've had from our existing shareholders, who are many of whom are are really cornerstoning and, and backing this finance. Okay, well, well, talk to me about that. Not not all raisings are diluted. It, it, obviously, you're referring to like is what you're going to do with it. The the environmental is is one aspect, and you're also working through feasibility at the moment. Um, I'm sorry, focused on spring power at the moment. Um, yeah. So can, can you give us that kind of breakdown when you did your budget budgeting. It's not just the money you're raising now; it's the money that you you've got and the money that you can possibly release from some of your other assets. So. Help me with that. Yeah, exactly. So we've got uh, we've got about six in the bank uh, now. Some of which is uh, we raised in June, which is targeted for exploration in Quebec, which we're very excited about at Duparquet, and starting to see, I think, a real demonstration of how that project, which is you know three point four million ounces of M and I and another two point six million ounces of inferred, how we see that's going to continue to grow. Um, but the budget broadly uh, is, you know, somewhere in the five to seven million range that gets the final environmental assessment uh, document written up and leaves us well funded to continue to make sure that we're doing as good a job as we can in uh, engaging with and in consultation with the indigenous communities around Spring. Right. Okay. And, and just just in an environment like this, because not everyone's actually been through a sort of down cycle and certainly not one as sort of deep, deep and long as, as this one <laughs> has been so far, is different companies will come up with different strategies to kind of cope, cope with all of this. Some will hunker down and not do anything, not raise capital, not advance the projects forward. Um, and others will just change the, the change the... The plan, as it were, you've got a couple of big projects in there. We talked about this. You know, this is what the, you, you tell me that's what the market is looking for. Is it what the, is it still what the market is looking for? Are buyers out there for what you've got? I think the buyers are out there. I think we're starting to see more and more engagement and more and more realization on the part of the big mining companies that if they are looking at their capital budgets now, you know, in a three to five year planning cycle, they really have nothing to build between 2026 and 2030. And that was at all the conferences at Beaver Creek and Colorado Springs. And we met with 
most of the 20 largest gold mining companies in the world. And that's sort of emerging as a pretty consistent theme that growth is back on the agenda. Um, and it's growth in some senses out of necessity in order to replace mines that are coming to the end of their mine life or to really backfill that next real strategic opportunity. So what are those going to look like for a lot of the mid-tiers and larger companies? It's not going to be an 80,000 ounce a year producer. It's not. What they're looking for are things of size and scale. And that's why you know we're so excited about SpringPole, which our PFS at SpringPole shows you know, an average of uh, 330,000 ounces a year plus of production over a, over an 11-year mine life. Um, and uh, at Duparquet, where we put out uh, the PEA a couple of weeks ago, um, that's showing a project that's 230,000 ounces a year average over 11-year mine life. Meaningful, globally significant project. That's what these companies are going to look for. And they need the ones that are the most advanced, right? And they want them in tier one jurisdictions. And so when you start doing the, the, the funnel and seeing what are those projects available to build in tier one jurisdictions in 2026 to 2030, you get down to a pretty short list and we've got two fantastic projects on it. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but just, just, just in terms of addressing some of the, the, the concerns which might be out there, it's like you've got two very big projects, either one, you know, is what people are like, is is what is what what the mid tiers or majors are looking for in terms of the number amount of ounces in there. Is it just a question of you're trying to get that balance between the, the, the staging and the phasing of these? You know, what one's sort of entering feasibility, the other has just finished a PEA and you've just kind of got that balance right. Or should you be focused on one versus the other? If they're looking for advance, why not why not focus purely on spring pulp? Well, and I think we we have the ability to do both. But like you say, in uh, more capital constrained environments like we are in now, um, you have to focus, right? And so for us, we are focusing on what are the things that are going to allow us to achieve the milestones that are going to have the biggest impact on the risk perception of these projects. And for for us at Springpool. That is getting that environmental assessment approval. You know, we're targeting submitting that finally a the middle of next year. And when that goes in, you know, it's already been reviewed by every regulator that needs to review it. We've got 1,800 comments back. We've responded to those. Those are being incorporated into the final EA. I think, you know, we get to this milestone next summer and people are going to be able to have real confidence. And when I say people, I mean people in the industry are going to have real confidence that this is going to get to the finish line in a timely fashion. So that's, you know, we got to, we have to focus there, but we do that at the expense of likely advancing the engineering much further than it is right now until we're in a, a capital environment that, you know, we have access to capital at a, at a reasonable cost of capital to be able to do that work. So, uh, and then at Duparquet, you know, there we're, We've established a baseline of a project. We thought that was really important with this PEA to demonstrate that there's a very simple, straightforward project there that is globally significant in the middle of what is the most sought after gold belt on the planet. From there, our focus for the next year really is in exploration, in demonstrating the growth pathways of that deposit and really demonstrating to the industry that, you know, the 
the ounces that we have there right now are really just at the starting. Right. Okay. It talks, talk, you made some statements about the, the macro assumptions that are around, you know, what people are looking for and, you know, and the timing, et cetera. Gold, over 2,000 bucks. Two bucks over 2,000 bucks today, as we, as we say. <laughs> uh, it's not too shabby if you're producer and you're throwing off cash. They're making, they're making money. Yes, margins have been squeezed from the other end in terms of cost increases, but broadly, they're kind of throwing off cash. Um, they've got to replace the reserve numbers and the resource numbers. Um, how do you see the equities market playing out for the people waiting around to be either taken out no names mentioned, Dan. Um, <laughs> or not that you're waiting around. It says you're you're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but in terms of the like the juniors, they're really kind of struggling at the moment. And so, and, and investors looking into that space as well, just a little bit confused. That you know, the, the price of gold is doing what it's meant to be doing. Yet yeah. equities massive disconnect. Still some concern in the marketplace about uh, interest rates, etc. What's got to change? When's it going to change? So, you know, I, I think that there are a couple of things that are going to change that dynamic as we're sitting right now looking at valuation discrepancies between producers and developers. That is the widest that I have seen in my 30 year career of doing this. Um, when you look historically, uh, this value discrepancy always gets solved by the MA market. Like at some point, forward-looking producers will see and start to act on the fact that they cannot find and develop resources any cheaper than they can buy them right now. In fact, I would tell you that the average cost of them to find, drill out, and develop resources is probably between $50 and $100 an ounce if they're doing it on their own account. And the time frame for that is 15 years. So we're sitting with a couple of projects, let's take Springpole as an example, that's had hundreds of millions of dollars spent on it so they can acquire it for far less than just the replacement cost of all the work that would go into it not to mention you know the inherent value of the mineral tenure but you know at at some point uh these opportunities just have to register in that they are going to have to understand that to get them this cheap they're going to have to take some permitting risk in the last five to seven years they've most of the producers have had no appetite to take permitting risk, um, but I think I think that's going to change. So yeah, I, that I think is a part of it, and we're also I think going to continue to see that consolidation in the intermediate space uh, in the gold sector. It's been slow to happen. All kinds of theories as to why it's been slow to happen, uh, in large part because they're awash with cash and they don't really have to do anything right now. But one or two mid-cap gold company mergers frees up hundreds of millions of dollars that can actually be used to go down and recapitalize the junior sector. So when that time comes, when you have an active M&A market, when you have the capital that the industry is going to, is going to put back into developers, you want to be one of those developers that's first up in the Right. And so this is a really critical time strategically for companies like ours, where you have two options, one of which is hibernation. And there is always cost of hibernation, the cost of your social license, the cost of, you know, restart of work on permitting processes and other things that you would have to do in order to get back to where you are when you turn the lights out. Um, 
our goal has always been since I've been here in early 2019, our goal is to have these projects ready at the time when the industry needs them the most. That time when the industry needs them the most is very rapidly approaching. So we, re we, we love where we are strategically with these projects, tier one jurisdictions, you know, meaningful size projects that, that are going to be strategically significant. And that's just one last one. It, talk to me about what is incumbent on you to do to ensure that should when that moment arrives, either you're defensible in the sense that you, you want to be able to control the timing and you want to be able to control the amount, the premium that people are willing to pay for your assets, um, or how do you demonstrate they are significantly more valuable than they are sitting today. Obviously, after three years of downward pressure on the precious metal market, what, what, what more can you do? What, what, what is to be done? Well, you know, I think the the in in my background and history and experience, the best uh, the the best um, opportunity that you have to make sure that you can solidify that value is competitive tension, right? You need to have more than one person who's looking at it. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's important that we continue a bunch of different dialogues with people. The other thing that's interesting about having a portfolio of assets like ours is that not everyone has the same desire to own all of the assets. And so in some senses, it gives you a, well, sometimes that's a challenge and that you don't have, you know, a, a multitude of natural buyers for a portfolio. It also means that you can be a little bit more strategic about how you bring partners into projects. You know, we don't have to sell it outright. It can be someone who's coming in and willing to fund the next 50, 100, $150 million of expenditure. And we've seen a number of those deals get done in Canada in the last couple of years. You know, those, those, and, and a few in Australia that have actually gone on to create really great companies. And Gold Road is one that I kind of, hold out as an example, right? They have a 50% JV on a, on a big project and they're now generating amazing cash flow, having really mitigated that risk for their shareholders by bringing in an operating partner. I think those are great alternatives, not the only alternative, but great alternatives to be able to, in this next stage, bring in partners to help surface the value of these projects.